as we welcome Houston's favorite chief meteorologist. That's right. He is David Paul with Channel 11 KHOU-TV. Dave, welcome to the show. I think that makes me like a B minus or a C plus celebrity. I think I'm right in that slot. You are the top, Dave. <laughs> Everybody loves David Paul. I'm watching all the time. You and the team are doing fantastic work, and we need the help of Channel 11 all the time to know what's going on. We've got an awesome team. Uh, Len and Mia, our, our two anchors, are just, we're just friends. We're buddies. We crack up during the commercial breaks. We got to have our own show, which is just the commercial breaks, because they're just. Two of the most delightful people to come in and work with. And uh, and if you only knew how funny Len Cannon is, even though he's the serious anchorman. He, he it, does have that serious element, but I could see a smirk and, and oh, I, could see, I, I could see what you're talking about. Oh, he's, he's got the devil in him. Well, let's tell people, as far as when we use the term chief meteorologist, I mean, weather is fascinating to, for all of us in, in so many ways. But what, what do you do as the chief meteorologist? What's that role? Well, I, I set the tone for, uh, for how we're going to deliver the weather product uh, to our audience. Um, you know, we are in a position of service to our audience, um, especially when the weather's bad. You know, that's our t- number one priority. Uh, when we're threatened by a storm system, be it a hurricane, an ice storm, a flood, a heat wave, a drought, um, you know, my job is to uh, circle the wagons and go over, hey, team, this is how we're going to present this to our, our audience. Um, this is, these are the most important facts we need to get out. You know, we only have a certain amount of time during each broadcast for weather. It's two and a half to three minutes, and we've got to get in the important stuff in there. Um, and you know, one of the things about me is I grew up in Houston, uh, wasn't born here, but grew up, uh, almost, almost native. Um, and I've just seen, I just, I just feel like I know this place like the back of my hand. Uh, and I feel like, you know, having been, you know, I was raised here by my mom and dad and then I raised my family here in Houston. I've been through it all. Um, and I like to think that I can help other, you know, residents here. You know, get through with some little secrets on how to survive each one of these these incidents. And we need all the help we can get. There's so many nuances to Houston weather. And as you mentioned, some of the big events that happen, sometimes they happen every other week or every <laughs> three weeks. So, so I would imagine from your perspective, you and the team, that is that there are, quote, normal days. Hey, it's going to be sunny, yeah. right? And then there's the red alert days. Tell we, us about the difference in how you approach in those short time uh, periods. We uh, we we see it coming. You know, we are like uh, we're like a watchtower, like a lighthouse. We're always looking ahead, further than we even show in the extended forecast. We're looking ahead uh, so that we can begin to plan for these big events because it doesn't. It's not just the weather team that has to go on alert. You know, the reporters, the producers uh, are. Um, our engineers, they, they've got to know about a storm threat because they're the ones that keep us on the air and keep us running, uh, keep our connectivity going. Um, when you talk about big weather events and real estate, I think the number one rule for big weather events and real estate, whether you're a homeowner, renter, anything, is to get flood insurance. Even if you're not on the floodplain, own flood insurance because it rains really heavy sometimes. Heavier than you oh, think. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and even if you're above the floodplain, you can still get flooded. And I got busted with that and learned that lesson the hard way. So the, you didn't renew or you didn't get flood insurance on this particular property? Just curious. Uh, we had moved into our house up in the Jersey Village area. Uh, the subdivision was Woodwind Lakes. Beautiful spot. Loved it. Uh, back of a cul-de-sac. 
We're above the 100-year floodplain, so being a new, naive homeowner, I thought, you know what, I'll just save some money and not buy flood insurance. We're above the floodplain. And then uh, Tropical Storm Allison hit in 01, June of 01. And I was filling in for Dr. Frank that evening. Uh, I was doing the morning show on my regular schedule, but Doc was on vacation. I'm going to fill in. Uh, And that night, I think we were on the air for 10 hours straight with the flood coverage. And I'll never forget, (laughs) around 4 in the morning, get a call from my wife. We've got a new one-year-old at home. And I'm like, how are we doing? And she says, we're flooded. There's water in the house. We're moving next door. We have flood insurance, right? Well, and Dave, my stomach twisted, <laughs> and I, you know, no, we don't. Um, that was a hard, that was a really hard lesson, um, uh, one that I'll never forget. I think I've mentioned to you that I do have a couple of rental properties in in the area. I've gotten into real estate, um, learned a ton from you guys, but one of my biggest rules is, you know, I will never buy a property that's in the floodplain. And I carry flood insurance anyway on any property I own. That's a good move. In fact, when Hurricane Harvey came in February, I got my renewal for my flood insurance. And I said, all these years, I've never used flood insurance. $545, I think it was. And something told me, ah, go ahead, just one more time. Yeah. And thank God that my home flooded and I had the flood insurance. So... We'll just emphasize, have flood insurance if you're here in Houston, Texas. And, you know, Dave, so many people have moved in in the last couple of years. In right. fact, as we speak, there are people moving in. So we encourage you, have flood insurance no matter what, wherever you're at. I think it's good advice. And don't forget, this, this is weather market number one, in my opinion. Even though we may be TV market number four or five, it's weather market number one. There is no other population density in the United States that – faces the weather threat, the constant weather threats that we face, not only from sitting on the Gulf Coast with the threat of a landfalling hurricane, but we get the ice storms. We get the hard freezes, the droughts, the afternoon thunderstorms that turn into, you know, torrential rain and flood your car. And it is a almost a constant threat. A normal quiet day is is like the most abnormal thing right. that we have here. So expect the weather to get bad, get flood insurance, and really just stay close to to the weather, whether you watch us or I don't care where you get it. Just stay abreast of the forecast so you don't get caught off guard, you and your family, and and, and the events that just seem to happen here, sometimes just rapid fire one after another. We're talking with Dave Paul. He's the chief meteorologist at Channel 11 KHOU-TV right here in Houston, Texas. Dave, give us an idea. You mentioned earlier that when you – are on a say normal broadcast and telling people the weather you and the team that is it has to be done those bullet points have to happen in three minutes or so and when we think about the challenge of less is more how do how do you cipher that out to be able to say this is what we're going to say yeah that's a great question you have to self-edit because there's there's an ocean of material that I would love to go over. I'd like to have an hour for every weathercast. Exactly. And I could, I could do an hour every day. No problem. I love telling the story of how what's happening over in Siberia is going to end up impacting us 10 days out and just showing it. And I've got the, the graphics and the ability and the weather tools to do that. But I don't have an hour. I've got three minutes. So we meet. Uh, we, uh, we talk, we, we Zoom, and we decide, okay, what are the three really important things that we need to get across and communicate to, to our viewers? Um, and that's what we do. We edit out the, 
the hundreds of things we could talk about and get it down to three. Um, and that's where, you know, you asked what my role is as chief. That's where my role with the experience, that's where I really come in. I'm like, these are the, trust me, guys, these are the three most important things. And this is how we're going to say it. This is the tone we're going to bring. There's no reason to panic us or anybody. We are, we become a, uh, a clearinghouse for information. That's all we are when the weather gets bad. And that is our, that's our calling is just be that clearinghouse of information. So you have a safe place, you know where to go to get the knowledge that you need. And as we watch you on TV, let's say during one of these serious or potential serious reports that you're giving, are you ever thinking in the back of your mind, especially now that you're saying you have rental properties, oh, yeah. are you thinking, uh-oh, <laughs> is my house okay? Are the rental properties okay? You, you bet I am. <laughs> you bet I am. Um, but I, you know, I know the area. So when I go in to look for a new property, uh, single family homes is what I invest in. You know, the first thing I'm looking for is, is this in a flood prone area? And if it is, I just, no, just, nope. Just keep going. Keep going. Just keep going. And then, uh, so the ones I found are way up high. So I actually sleep pretty well at night uh, knowing that I've done my homework, but I still carry the flood insurance. This is the thing, because I know what can happen. Weird things happen. We get rainfall rates of 10 inches or more per hour out of some of these storms. And that happens over anybody's property. It can flood. You know, the, the, the gutters, the primary drainage, they're made to handle two inches per hour. But we can get 10 per hour. You know, after two inches per hour, that's when water starts to build in the street and get up in your yard a little bit. But at 10 an hour, and sometimes those storms can just sit on you, you know, it doesn't matter where you are, you could flood, carry the flood insurance, and sleep soundly at night. Look for the home on the hill. <laughs> yeah, buy, near, buy where I'm buying. That's what you should do. We're going to follow that. Yeah, we're going to keep keep posted on where Dave is buying property. No doubt about that because it is so important. And quite frankly, after going through a flood myself, I'll be honest, when we're getting a lot of rain and it doesn't seem like it's slowing down, I get a little nervous. There's like a PTSD that happens for those that have been flooded, perhaps. Absolutely. I, I, I'm sure it was a... Uh, some level of PTSD that I suffered. And every time then after my house flooded in 01 from, uh, from Allison, when it would rain, like, you know, the sound, you I know, know sound. it. You're like, Oh, that's the roar of, of the rain. That's heavy enough to cause flooding. And you know, my, my stomach would, I'd, I'd get in a knot, you know, I get worried about it. Like, is my home going to flood again? It never did. It was just that one-off storm that, that got me. Well, give us an idea also when you first started as far as being interested in weather, what, brought you on this path to begin with man i loved the weather i loved looking at the sky i loved thunderstorms they thrilled me so my dad um <clears throat> he was an engineer and i will remember i think we had just recently moved to houston we were living in the memorial area off of um king's ride um and there was a thunderstorm outside i was little i was two or three and i remember he was teaching my brother and i, I have an older brother two years older than me and he's like, okay, now take a quarter and let's walk, you know, scrape your feet on the carpet and let's make a lightning bolt. And you could make a little spark on the, um, on the doorknob of the, of the front door. Uh, and that just like, just blew my mind. He's, and he's like, that's, that's a lightning bolt. It's just like a lightning bolt coming from this thunderstorm right now. You know, and it, having a little bit of knowledge gave me a little sense of control. So I wasn't as scared of the thunderstorm you know, that was the dad in him doing his dad job. But he also, he knew what he was doing. He was teaching his little boys about electricity. Um, and that, 
you know, having a having a parent who cared like that enough to teach me a little something, that is what I think sparked my my love for all things weather. And as I went along, I would I would chase storms. I'd take my dad's binoculars. Uh, I remember I think I lost my dad's binoculars like two or three times, and he would never get mad at me. I said, Dad, I was, I was storm chasing on my bike. I left him at my friend's house and okay, Dave. So you're riding around on your bike with binoculars. Oh, How absolutely. Cool. <laughs> absolutely. I, I couldn't get That's enough. That's awesome. So, and then you mentioned about Siberia. I don't know. I can't picture right now where that is, but I know it's kind of far away and there's no Bucky's there probably. <laughs> However, that said, how far do we really know with certainty as far as, because there's so many factors, I guess, with weather. Oh. I, I've never studied it, but how far do we know in advance? Like, uh, do we know three days ahead? pretty sure what's going to happen or what? It's a great question. I think at this point, three days out, we can, we have a very good handle on how a system is going to play out. However, you can look seven, eight, nine, ten 10 days out and you can get a general idea. And, and with, with Siberia, if we're going to get a hard freeze that freezes pipes and kills plants, it almost always starts in Siberia with a bitter cold air mass there. So I'm always in winter just seeing what the temperatures are over there. And if they're, if they're getting down to 30, 40, 50 below over Siberia, we can see with the computer models the general pattern that could, you know, if we see this pattern on the models, we say, you know what, if that verifies 10 days out, that would be the type of pattern that would pull that air across the Arctic Circle into Canada, down the front range of the Rockies, into Texas, and that would be a pattern that would freeze us. So, team, let's just keep an eye on that. That's how we do our long-range forecasting. That's that's the the watchtower. How we're always looking at these and and these patterns. Sometimes they don't pan out. And you know, if it's 10, 11, 12 days days out, a lot of times we won't be talking about it on the on the TV broadcast. But it's something we're thinking about. So that if it begins to get a little closer and starts to look more likely, we want to give our viewers as early a warning as they can as far as like a tornado outbreak set up or a hurricane on the way or, or a freeze. I would imagine the tools and resources that your station has that, and you have in terms of knowledge are pretty great. What do we have now or what are the things you're using now that weren't available from a technology standpoint, I don't know, a couple of years ago. What, what, is anything surprised you that, wow, we got this great new tool? Well, um, I think the biggest change and the most uh, useful change is that the, the computing power has just gotten better and better and better. The number crunching ability of these supercomputers. And what it's allowed us to do is, you know, the more data we can put in, the better an output we get from these algorithms, these computer programs. So you're familiar with the forecast cone, the cone of uncertainty. So over the last 10 years, you know, that cone perhaps was this wide three or four days out. Well, it's now this wide three or four days out. It's, it's shrunk. That's an increase in forecasting accuracy. And when you're talking about a hurricane that can destroy, you know, property, infrastructure, people's lives, having a a, a little bit better forecast, a little bit tighter forecast cone is just incredibly valuable to not just the people in a coastal community, but the 
the first responders, uh, the local and state government, so that their resources, they can better focus their resources and be prepared. Just having a better forecast on where that powerful hurricane is going, that's been the biggest change and the most valuable change over the last decade. We're talking with David Paul, Chief Meteorologist at Channel 11, right here in Houston, Texas, KHOU-TV. David, you're making me think as we're thinking about the ma- the majesty of weather and the magnificence of it. <laughs> what about snow? I mean, snow's pretty cool. Uh, we don't have much here, but I've always enjoyed being in places that snowed throughout my life. And that's got that phenomenon itself. I mean, what do you think about snow? In Houston, it's magic. It is. Man, it is just magic. And I... I can remember seeing my first snowfall here in Houston uh, on King's Ride. I was uh, pre, pre-K when that happened. I believe that was 71, the winter of 71, 72. Uh, made a snowman. It just blew my mind. I'd never seen snow at that point. Um, but when, we, when I was a little older, you know, we get a lot of times where we'll have a freeze, but there's no moisture available to make snow. So as a little kid, I would take my garden hose and I would spray it into the sky and try to like add moisture to the atmosphere to try to make it snow. It never good worked. idea. Yeah, I thought it was a pretty good idea. Uh, Didn't seem to work too well. Uh, but that is just you know in Houston to get a snowfall. It's so difficult to get those conditions here uh, because <clears throat> the Gulf of Mexico is uh, is a heat source. So it just makes it difficult to get that vertical column. We have to be frozen from the top of the atmosphere down to the bottom to get those snowflakes to come down. Quite often here, we'll get layers where it's above freezing, maybe six, 7,000 feet above the, above the surface. And the snowflakes will be falling, and they'll hit that above freezing layer, and they'll turn into raindrops. And then they'll refreeze on the way down, but that sleet or freezing rain, which is boring and just ruins traffic. It's not that fluffy white snow that we that we love but you know every now and then we get it no doubt about it it's beautiful dave with the last two minutes left here in the segment what else do you want people to know about weather you or anything oh man i don't know you got two minutes now you do that (laughs) bullet point thing like the weather right okay okay (laughs) so here we go who is david paul david i um i love houston because i can golf in the wintertime it's beautiful. I'm not frozen. My friends who've moved off to northern uh, states, they call me and they're jealous, the ones that live in Chicago and Detroit. Oh, I'm sorry, Brad. The people in Houston, it's like people here are the type that are just hardworking. The work ethic in Houston is like none other. Uh, and the way we treat people, the way we treat each other is like no other city I've ever been to. Uh, this is the type of city where you and I are going to cross on the street. Okay. We're going to, we're walking down the sidewalk, going different directions and I don't know you and I'm never going to see you again. You don't know me and you're never going to see me again, but we're going to acknowledge each other. It's going to be a howdy. Hey, you know, and it just means that we care about each other. You're, you're at work, you're doing your thing. I have respect for what you're doing. You have respect for me. I'm, I'm busy, I'm on my way. We're gonna cross paths for just a millisecond, but we're gonna recognize each other as a fellow Houstonian. And that's the vibe in this city. People, we're never gonna meet again, but I still care about you. That's, that's what I love about being here. It's a super place, no doubt about it. You're doing such important work. You and the team at Channel 11, 
Tell Len and Mia I said hi. I watch them <laughs> well, all, and he does look serious every now and then. You oh, know, I love that. that he's old, faking it. He's hilarious. He is I, great. <laughs> so let's tell people if they just moved into Houston, Texas, they want to see David Paul and the team. The times you're on are well five, six, and ten. But watch us at ten. Watch us before you go to bed. Uh, that's easily our best show of the evening. You know, we wrap up all the events of the day. I mean, yes, we're going to show, you know, the bad stuff that's going on in our city so you can take action to protect yourself. But we also always make sure there are good, fun stories in there, positive positivity. Like we make sure in our meetings, that, okay, what's going to be positive in this newscast? Uh, and then, of course, you're going to get your weather. We're going to check Siberia if it's getting cold up there. And we're going to check waves coming off the west coast of Africa and track those all the way just to be sure they don't hit us. Let's keep our eyes on Siberia. David, Paul, thank you so much for being with us on our Go Texan edition. Right on, brother.